Well, hello, everyone. This is Heather. This is Kara. And this is I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. And this is actually episode four and a half, a bonus. This is the first time for us we are doing a follow-up to an episode. Oh, my goodness. So we are following up on our episode in which we talked about the golden age of VHS and rental video stores and we had such a good time that we have a long time listener first time caller (laughs) very very special guest his name is courtney and he actually worked at blockbuster for 12 years courtney thank you so much for joining us how are you doing well thank you for having me (laughs) so when did you start working at Blockbuster? Uh, I started working at Blockbuster in 2000 while I was still uh, a senior in high school. So as an employee, did you get any benefit of like free rentals or anything like that? Yeah, so the biggest um, thing that we got to do is we got to rent the movies before they came out. Oh, so that was man. the biggest one. Um, we would get the movies in probably like a uh, you know, four or five days before they were uh, supposed to be released, and we would we would rent them. So each week you got to take five rentals home a week. Wow. Yeah, um, we still got to pay. We still had to pay late fees, so we had to bring them back on time. <laughs> and if we didn't, if we didn't have, if we didn't pay our balances, we couldn't rent movies the following week. Oh, so man. it was oh. important for us to bring our movies back. Um, what are some of your fondest memories? at blockbuster well i'd have to say first and foremost the um the people that i got to work with were really cool people um i actually met my wife at blockbuster oh so. shout out to stephanie Woo-hoo. so we we met there um and it was a great a great place to work where you really got to know your coworkers and you got to like learn about them because of the movies that they liked right like you know you kind of had to get a chance to get to know each other we just had a good connection after that. And then I seem to remember that there were always um, TV monitors on throughout the store, but I can't remember what they were playing. Were they playing trailers? Were they playing full movies? So it kind of uh, depended on what era of Blockbuster you're talking about. Um, like back in the earlier days, they used to just play their favorite movies and stuff. <laughs> and then they kind of went away from that because they would sell advertising onto like the trailers and stuff. And so they would put certain snippets of movies that they wanted to have people rent more and just like have trailers and people could put advertisements like in the mid 2000s when it was like really booming, people were would be paying to have advertisements on these trailers that we had to play. And it was like very frowned upon to put your own movie in. (laughs) (laughs) If you were preparing for a new release, like a big new release coming out, explain the process from your side of uh, the register, so to speak? Basically, kind of how the week ended up shaking out was uh, Mondays was the day that we had to merchandise, like, the new release wall, like, where everything, all the newest stuff had to go. And everyone talks about the big titles, like Titanic and things like that, but you forget about, like, the little titles that are so great and so fun. And um, most of the, like, the interior of the store was strict alphabetical order, but the new release wall was more of like a merchandising tool. So we had to keep things in like loose alphabetical order, right? If a, if a, if a movie needed more space, 
then we had to give it more space and then shrink down other titles. So sometimes it got confusing in the alphabetical order of the situation. But the bigger the movie, the more space we gave it. And those that was done on Mondays. We kind of got the store ready. And then Tuesday was the day everything came out. So that's when we would put all the movies out, like Tuesday morning. Um, and you'd see like a big spike in our sales on Tuesday. And then kind of like coast into the weekend, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday was like the big day for everyone to come in with their families and have this great experience. You know, walk along the new release wall, go grab a couple ones from the middle that are a little bit older and just have a good weekend. And then we just started back over on Monday. So how long was the process from when it was on the new release wall to transition to a non-new release? So movies would stay on the wall for about a year. It kind of depended on how much they were being rented. And it also depended on alphabetically where it was because sometimes you just needed space for a certain letter of the alphabet for the bigger title like i said sometimes the biggest titles needed more space so if you know if there's a movie by titanic that is hasn't been read in like you know 10 11 months that one's going to get moved to the <laughs> to the favorite section right. so we can have more space for that titanic weren't there like kind of like sections that you guys as employees would put together yeah, so sometimes um, what different managers would do, like sometimes I would have my employees pick out their favorites, like their employee favorites movies, and we would have like one section where they could just go right to, and those would be like recommendations for customers and stuff. Um, so we, every store was a little bit different, and I think that is what made it kind of feel like a neighborhood store a little bit. Right. It was like you got to talk to the people that worked at that store and get their recommendations and get a chance to see what kind of movies that they liked. So that's kind of why I liked Blockbuster. It felt like a like a neighborhood store, but it wasn't. It was a corporate store. So that brings me to my next question: Is could if if somebody did call in and want a movie, could you in fact reserve a copy for them or put it aside, or what was the actual policy, or was there no policy for that? I think it just kind of goes back to like just good customer service in general, right? If I would I would want to hire people that would go get the movie for the person and hold it for them. But once again, on the other side of it, it's kind of that situation where if it's a really popular movie and you're putting things on hold and then no one's coming to get them, then that's not fair to the rest of the people either. Right. So we would kind of hold, we would put it hold for a certain amount of time until five, until six or whatever. So if they told me they'd come in at five, I'd put 7 p.m. <laughs> on the note. Like give them a couple hours. And then at that point, you know, you had five hours to come get this movie. You're not going to get it. What was, like, the new release fee? What was, like, the weekend rental fee? So just like everything else, you know, in our economy, as as time goes, prices change. So over, like, the, the 12 years I was there, it changed a bunch. Uh, when I first got there, there were, like, mainly, like, three-day rentals, and they were, you know, a little more moderately priced, you know, uh, you know, $3, something like that, $4 for three days or whatever. And then... As people were keeping them longer, we were trying to eliminate this late fee fiasco that we were causing with customers. We started renting to them for more days up front. We'll rent it to you for five days since it takes you five days to watch it anyway. So <laughs> we, we changed we changed the rental term, and then we changed the rental price. So rather than three dollars for three days, we charged people five dollars for five days. Okay, you know, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're raising your prices," and we're like, "Really? Are we really?" <laughs> the Dropbox. We've had many, many people uh, respond to myself and my sister about the Dropbox. And some people um, 
were a little bit offended when I said, or when Heather said, trash can. I mean, I've been at a lot of blockbusters in my 12 years. I've worked at so many, and some of those drop boxes were nicer than my bed in college. (laughs) (laughs) But when it was called a trash can, I was like, wait a minute. We treated those movies, like, with respect. (laughs) Now, if a customer ended up just just hucking it in the in the dropbox or maybe the tape got returned damaged in somehow what what would happen to all those tapes each time we go through the dropbox we kind of do like a quick little inspection back when we had tapes we had the rewinders and then um after that we had to do like quick inspections on the disc because they would come back scratched a lot pull them out of circulation and see if we could fix them or see if you know, whatever the case may be, or if it was just better just to kind of uh, send it back to the company so they could get some sort of credit. And what about the 50 or 60 copies of a new release and you go from the big wall of the big wall of new releases and now it's not a new release and not popular anymore? What happens to all those copies? On like a weekly basis, we would go through and print out reports about how much things were getting rented and whatnot. And as popularity of that movie would, would decrease, we would um, take those movies and uh, set them up for sale. They would be our previously owned or previously viewed tapes. We didn't let people buy them as bundles or whatever the case is. When did the transition start happening from VHS to DVD to just DVD? I want to say it was probably like, you know, 2000. 2004 something like that where VHS was still kind of the king but DVD was coming on to the scene we started out with like one small section of DVDs where all the DVDs were in like one section so like if you think of like horror movies they're all in one section DVDs all of them were just alphabetically in one section and slowly but surely as DVDs started becoming popular it went from one section to a row to a couple of rows so one day it was like, okay, we're going to put the DVD next to the VHS. Like they're a 50-50 partnership. Right. <laughs> you, had, you had the VHS on the left and you had the DVD on the right. And that and everything, it was just the same as you went through. And then all of a sudden it started going backwards for the VHS. Then the VHS got pulled and they had their own row. And then they had one bay. And then we were like, what's a VHS tape? So. <laughs> and would you have people who would switch the DVDs or switch the tapes inside the boxes? Once we started to go with DVDs, we started locking the boxes. So, so people weren't able to switch them. So what ended up happening more often is they would just like hide them throughout the store. And that just became another customer service nightmare of like, (laughs) it says I have 10 of, you know, uh, (laughs) the blades of glory, but I don't have any on the shelf and there's none in the Dropbox because they're hidden around the store somewhere. Oh. So then it became like an Easter egg hunt. That's, that seems like a nightmare. Now, would you give that task or that job to like the new hire? Yeah, I mean, I would never send someone out just to like on a wild goose chase. You know, I would have them go out and talk to customers and like straighten sections. And if anything was out of place, then they would just find it. But obviously there's like certain key spots, you know what I mean? Like right around a corner Right, not in the middle of a row, but like kind of there are key spots you can figure out where, where movies get put, you know, right by the restroom, like key areas where you can send your friend back later with specific instructions to find it. What was the process of actually like getting hired at Blockbuster and then the training? 
the, there's such a lost art because if you're looking back at like record stores and people who worked at Tower Records and things like that. Uh, that's another reason why I really liked working at Blockbuster and stayed there so long is like they really kind of invested their employees and taught us how to like taught us their business strategy. So like they taught us like how to interview people. Essentially, you would apply online. I mean, even in the early 2000s, people were applying stuff online. And we were kind of figuring it was one of those situations where if you couldn't apply online, you probably couldn't use our computer system. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Stuff, that's a know? good strategy. Certain store managers would get, would be, like, designated to as trainers. So, like, people who um, bought Blockbuster franchises, they would send their employees to our stores, and we would train them on how to do Blockbuster things. Okay. On the Blockbuster way. The Blockbuster way. Okay. Now, were all of the Blockbusters independently owned as franchises? Uh, no. So there was a, a good cluster of, of company-owned, um, publicly traded stores, and then you could buy in to having a Blockbuster in your area or a certain amount of Blockbusters in your area. Uh, and that is like one of the only ways you can see a blockbuster now is they would be a franchise location that because the company is obviously bankrupt right and sold everything off right do you have a favorite memory or a favorite story about working at blockbuster probably one that um my fellow blockbuster people would remember vividly would be the nights that we'd have to like do inventory and we would have to scan <laughs> every single movie every single piece of candy like every single thing in the store with the barcode throughout the night. It was like, it was like torturous, but it was also like the funnest. Cause you just like, and you'd hang out with your friends and scan all the movies because the computer knows what it, what we should have in the store on a given day. But we're just verifying that during inventory. We do that like once a month. For this, for the scanning process, I remember you as the the uh, employee had to put the tapes on the other side of the sensor. I would be the person that always set up the alarm because I'd always go to hand the the employee the tape or the DVD when I ret would return it. And it was yeah. every single time I would walk through that darn sensor and they'd be like, oh my God, just, just go back. Go back. But they were going off a lot because people were, you know, making those mistakes and walking one way with the movies or they're trying to check out. So you hand them their movies on the far side and then their family's in there. So they walk back in and set them off. You know, they were going off a lot. So you kind of like didn't tune them out, but you kind of just already knew what was going on when it was happening. It just made us more aware of what was going on. The last time that I rented at Blockbuster was probably around, I want to say, 2009. When did the Blockbuster close? that you were working at. Oh, obviously a lot of people know that it, it uh, declared bankruptcy in 2010, but that didn't mean we closed all the stores. Um, it actually got put up for auction and Dish Network bought Blockbuster in 2011. And we were open for a couple more years. Um, but in 2012, they decided to like massively close stores. So I ended up turning into like a manager that would help uh, like go to other locations and help with like closeouts, you know, like those big, uh, everything must go signs. You start at like 50% off and the next week it's 60% off. And we were selling everything. We sold, we were selling fire extinguishers. We were selling our office supplies, oh bundles of pencils. We were selling TVs. I sold my open sign and I started go like, and then we'd have rounds of closures. So we'd have a certain amount of stores that would close. And then we'd, 
go to it. I'd go to another store and do another round of closures. So I ended up closing, I don't know, like six stores or something like that. Wow. So did you actually sell the Blockbuster signage? Uh, not like the outside signage, but like other parts of the signage and stuff we would sell. And I actually bought some of the signage and stuff so that oh I could decorate God. my house and whatnot, just to have uh, some nostalgia as we go into the new century, you know? I miss going there with my parents when I was a kid, and then I miss going there, like, when you, you know, first got your license in your car, or, like, the first time you started dating somebody and you had to go to Blockbuster to rent a movie, and it's kind of like, you know, all these, this new generation of, oh, well, we'll just pick something on streaming, and it's, it's not the same, and it's really sad they don't get to experience that like our generation did. So. Yeah, and I think that that's something I really, uh, you know, miss for my family and for, you know, my kids. I miss that being able to go out, you know, have that experience. Like, the experience of, of renting a movie started at the store and having a great experience of walking around, talking to the people, seeing how many copies Blockbuster bought. Well, they bought this many, maybe I should rent it. Or seeing who was in the movie based on the cover art and talking to the uh, to the. Um, people that work there like so that was like some of the best part was just having that whole experience of, of finding a movie and seeing if it was going to be good or not like you you put your whole night you gambled your whole night on this movie you know <laughs> was it going to pay off or not or was it going to be a bomb you know so it, it wasn't that bad of a, of a night if you picked a really bad movie you all got to laugh about it at home yeah you got to talk to people who were passionate about movies i i feel like it's the uh that was part of the movie process and i think that's why movies especially like the the smaller more independent films of the 90s and the early 2000s really became popular because of the blockbuster because of word of mouth that that maybe you had one copy i mean that was the the biggest way that a lot of movies got notoriety was after it was already released on video because uh, let's face it, a lot of movie uh, producing companies and a lot of theaters, they can't afford to, to not have a movie do well, right? If you have a 10 screen theater and you put one movie on there, that's not going to make you money. Now you're a nine screen theater. It doesn't make sense. Right. But Blockbuster what had the ability to, to buy, you know, 10 copies of a movie that wasn't going to do well. We try to rent it. And if it did well, we good job. And if it didn't, we would just sell it again. So we were able to make a lot of movies like cult classics in like the 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s. People would um, come in for a movie that maybe didn't do so hot or whatever, um, or, you know, Blockbuster underbought. One of the ones that I remember like being sold out for like months was like Napoleon Dynamite. Right. Like, you know, like I, I don't remember what it did in the box office, but I know for sure, like, you couldn't rent that movie at my store for a few months because it wouldn't even get put back on the shelf because people were asking about it through word of mouth for months and months. Wow. So I, I'd have to go in the Dropbox, pull it out and, and rent it to someone right away. Now, my, my last question to, to kind of wrap this up, do you wish that your kids, their first job or their high school job would be something like Blockbuster? Yeah, I mean, that is exactly kind of what I think is a great first job, you know, like you don't have to, um, you know, get a food handler card and, you know, 
possibly get someone sick if you, you know, don't wash your hands enough, right? You don't have all this weight on your shoulder for a minimum wage job. Like, I, I literally, like, got to hang out with, with my friends, talk about movies, and get paid to do it. You know? Like, we, they paid me to watch five movies a week. Right? Like, when I, when I was in high school, I, I spent more time watching movies than working. And that was a great first job. I mean, what? why not? And I think I had a pretty a pretty good in because I was friends with you, and we had another friend that worked at a pizza place. It was great. It was we had people with cars, people with the in on food. So it was like, okay, who? Where are we spending the weekend at? I mean, it always goes back to it's got to be a blockbuster night, right? So we always kind of ended up back at my house watching movies. <laughs> they just brought the food over to my place, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm so stoked that uh, you were willing to come on and uh, let us record some of your stories. Definitely. (laughs) It was a a pleasure being on, and um, I'm just uh, really happy to get to talk about something I was passionate about for 12 years. I mean, it's a huge part of my life, and like I said, I met my wife there, had a couple blockbuster babies, and, you know, (laughs) that's that's a fairytale life right there, right? Yes. (laughs) All right, well, that, our guest today... um, was Courtney, uh, the longtime Blockbuster employee. This has been... I'm not complaining. I'm just asking. <laughs>